your ranch afternoon ranch. Let's finally kick off this episode where we are going to review Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. Noticeably, I would say already, like, let's let's address a couple things that are going on currently. <laughs> Jared is not currently with us for this one. So instead, I have enlisted the help of friends who went with me on this magical journey of watching Breaking Dawn Part 1 for the first time as an adult, Christina and Brooke. So I will ask you, say, state your name, talk a little bit about what got you in, because I've talked all this whole time about my experience with Twilight and what got me into it, just being a teenage girl, honestly, and, you know, <laughs> and wanting a vampire to be in love with me. So, Brooke, if you if you want to go first. Um, absolutely. I think it was middle school, actually. I don't remember when the first book came out, but, like, I was a total bookworm in school. Like, uh, wouldn't even hang out with people, would just read, like, literally 24-7. I was that girl who, like, would walk around like, into walls because I couldn't put books down. Um, <laughs> so someone suggested Twilight. It was, like, on the thing in the library or whatever, and I picked it up, and, of course, it was totally my speed. It was that dumb fantasy novel, you know. I was very, very into it. I was the exact age group it was written for. Um, I even went to, I think you've mentioned before, but I definitely went to that midnight book release. Yes. Uh, Noble dressed up in a prom dress with a vampire bite on my neck. <laughs> Why did we think prom dresses were the height of vampire fashion? Where did it say <laughs> that was vampire fashion? <laughs> Literally. Like... <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was super into it. And then I spent like, you know, the three years in high school being like, no, I wasn't in Twilight. And now I'm like unashamedly like, yeah, of course I was in Twilight. Right. It does seem to be going through a bit of a renaissance where everybody's coming out of the their their holes of shame. <laughs> and they're like, I was into Twilight. No, I was as well. Like, And it's like, of course you were. We were all teenage girls at one point. This is who it was for. Um, so Chris- I really like that we're like unashamed about that now, you know? Like, oh, yeah. We really enjoyed it, and we shouldn't feel bad about that. It was for 16-year-old girls, and we were 16-year-old girls. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Christina. <laughs> no, see, I was I was the old hag of the group when all of this happened. I was in college already, and had absolutely no interest whatsoever in reading the books or seeing the movies. <laughs> oh, okay. So you never read the books? Yes. Yeah. No, no. It wasn't until I'm pretty sure actually that somebody I dated in college got me one of the books. Never read it. Never touched it. <laughs> Pretty sure I gave it away at some point. <laughs> I was just too into other things. I don't know. It It was never really a, a thing for me. I guess every kind of group of, I don't know, teenagers and 20-somethings, everybody's got their own thing, and that just was not my particular group thing. Um, Can I ask you, though? Mm-hmm. Did you do Interview with a Vampire? Cause that was the oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. You better believe it. That, like, I I kid you not, like, when Halloween especially rolls around, I will watch that movie once a day. Yeah. Twilight, though, was not something that I got into. I don't know why it wasn't appealing back then, but it wasn't. It wasn't until a while along in the future that I just was looking for something to kind of binge watch. And I think at the time, the first two movies were out. Mm-hmm. So I, like just back to back had to see them and then of course you know once you're invested in the story you have to finish it yeah of course 
Um, that's actually was pretty much the same thing with like Harry Potter for me. I never read, I never read the books. I, I had only seen like the first movie, maybe first two movies and then didn't see anything else until the rest of them came out. And that it was kind of like, that's all she wrote. That was history. And it was the same thing with Twilight. Once all the movies were out and I was able to just watch them like back to back, it just was so much more enjoyable. <laughs> oh yeah. Netflix style. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, Christina has never read a book in her life. Continuing hey, on. Hey, hey, hey. hey now. Hey now. Don't, Don't start with me, okay? I've read many a book in my life. They just weren't, you know, by Stephanie Meyer. Thank you very much. Listen, I saw you trailing <laughs> with your finger earlier. You were tracking. <laughs> rude. Rude, rude, rude. She's reading Here Comes Spot is her favorite book. <laughs> Spot the dog. Don't make me come over there. Do not make me come over there. I will take you out quickly. And, and, and good night, Moon. <laughs> you know, that's a book I can get behind. I can totally do that one. That's one of those things, like, you know, when you were in elementary school and they had, like, the, the green triangle group and the blue circle group, and, like, they tried to be all cool about it, but you looked across the room and one group was wearing chapter books and the other group had, here comes <laughs> The fandom for that is like vast and large, I must say. Like (laughs) (laughs) rivaling the little prince. Yeah. All right. So getting into Twilight Breaking Dawn, because we could just go on all night. I already know. Like I have to I have to keep us in check, okay? Because we'll just rib on (laughs) Christina not knowing how to read for like Okay. <laughs> so obviously this is the beginning of the end for the Twilight Saga. The the basic premise is Bella is getting ready for this shotgun wedding because she doesn't want to get married because that's too much commitment, but being a vampire apparently isn't. They have this wedding. It's very stylish. And oh, hilarity ensues. Um, I don't think it's supposed <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> But it was. And actually, if you think about it, plot-wise, beyond her getting pregnant, not a lot happens in this movie. Like, if we're being real here, like, think about the actual things that happen. Not a lot. There's a lot of, like, just sitting around and her turning into, like, a skeleton covered in, like, a sack of skin. Like, that is pretty much the entire movie. Like... You know, I've got to say, though, comparatively to the other movies, this would have felt more like a horror movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that might be why I like it the best so far out of all the movies. I genuinely found myself being the most interested to watch this one because it combined all the things I love. Vampires, horror, and comedy. The comedy was not, again, I don't think intentional, but it was there, of course, and I couldn't help but find some of these things because there's just moments where you're just like, what? What is going on? I have to say, when I read, now I know, Christina, you didn't read the books, but I got to say, Brooke, when I was reading this, and I don't know if you experienced this as well, when I got to this book, I remember getting to a moment where I looked up from the book and it was when she said that God baby name Renezme. I was like oh, God. I was taken out of the moment. I literally up until that point was like, yeah, werewolves cool, vampires absolutely believable. Yes. 
the name. I was like, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm done with this series. Like, <laughs> I don't think I want to continue. <laughs> you got to look at the midnight book release. That's that moment you look up to the clock and it's like 5 a.m. But, but what I mean to say, though, by that is I think that the illusion for me was a little bit broken at that point where I was like, all right. We're getting into some weird territory here when it came to the baby. And I, I remember being like, as a teen reading this, being like, um, can we go back to like pining over sex? Because I don't really get this part. I'm not understanding this at all. Like, can't relate. Yeah, like I can't relate to this baby thing. I remember, too, that uh, for whatever reason, something that really stuck out that I was really sad didn't make it into the movie was, you know, Edward is um, very conflicted still, even so having sex after they have already gotten married and they've consummated the marriage. And he's still like, ah, but I don't know if I want to have sex with you. So he would like distract her with sea turtles was the thing that like came up in the book. Sea turtles. (laughs) And I was like, you know what's better than sex? Sea turtles. (laughs) I was like, interesting play. That part was the most relatable because he was like, here, go see some sea turtles. And she's like, yeah, but I want to bone down. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we could experience life together. And she's like, yeah, or we could have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Why not both? Why not? So, all right, so, like, let's back up a little bit, because this isn't all about sex, but let's first off talk about one of the big main things with the wedding. How did we feel about the wedding scene? It was all leading up to this point. This was Edward's shining moment. He didn't care about the sex. He just wanted to get married, okay? That's all he wanted. (laughs) How did we feel about it? I got to say, it looked, it was very, watching this 10 years later, it still looked really good. Like, the styles kind of worked for me, honestly. Well, it's very timeless, like the way they have it set up. And I feel like it it almost was kind of like a catalyst for a lot of the kind of outdoor wedding and ceremony kind of things you see now. You know what I mean? With a lot of these drapey flowers and this bohemian kind of forest nymph type of thing. You know what I mean? But there was like the elegance with her dress and her hair was very just like simple and romantic. So I feel like I like you see a lot of that trending now just in different ways. And I feel like that's almost kind of the part of where it started and uh it i mean it holds up today because it's still relevant today i remember being disappointed in her dress that it was like super super mm-hmm. simple but i felt the same thing with um what's her face that princess girl got married and oh. everyone's in love with her dress and i just i'm like Ugh. kate middleton dress. thank you kate middleton yes her dress was so plain and i was like really that's what you want to wear when you're becoming a princess like that's it one of the other things about the wedding that was super weird for me was that Edward is really traditional and the wedding is very modern. And like, it's very clear throughout this whole thing that Bella doesn't care about the wedding at all. She's like, yeah, just let Alice play the whole thing, whatever. So I remember in the book, um, reading about it being more traditional than it appeared and being surprised in the movie that it wasn't. <laughs> I'll never forget like the, <laughs> the, the outfit that she meets him in. Or, like, she meets the family in is, like, apparently a, a long corduroy brown <laughs> skirt button-up <laughs> with a blue blouse. And and I can't visualize sometimes stuff like that. So, as a when I read it, I remember there was, like, this part where he, like, is, like, you look so, you know, 
delicious or something to that effect in this blue blouse and he's like kissing her and I thought it was like the most erotic thing I'd ever read I was like oh my god yes and then to find out in reality what she's wearing I'm like what (laughs) excuse me (laughs) what was appealing about these books for the love of god listen to that she was wearing a brown sack Mm, delicious like what the hell I can't explain it Christina I totally just didn't read that sentence and imagined her in a different outfit. That's literally what I did. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, don't like that. Well, we have to realize that Bella is supposed to be the quintessential sweatpants of a character. I also like to read and I probably have brown hair due to statistics. So absolutely, I could be Bella. I could absolutely be Bella. So like that's Stephanie was smart, man. She's like, I'm going to I'm going to catch as many people as I could with this thing. So um, like some people might call that bad writing, but I think it's writing exactly to your audience. mm -hmm. Every 16 year old girl wants to read this kind of book and insert themselves in that role. You call it a Jane Doe character because anyone could take it on. But honestly, as a teenager, those are my favorite books that I could imagine myself in that world. Could we say that she's the original reader times you fan fiction writer? Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Like her>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> also something I noticed with the uh, with Breaking Dawn is that Bella, and I don't know what this is, but she looks different in this. Kristen Stewart looks different. She looks skinnier from the beginning. Clearly somewhere along the line, somebody changed hairstylists because those extensions were absolutely wretched. <laughs> wretched. And you can see too, because obviously Kristen Stewart was filming other things and doing other projects in between these movies. And she has, you know, varying lengths of hair and all of that stuff. So I feel like by the time they got to this movie, they were like, Throw the extensions in. We don't even care. Like, she's just in it. So who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you can see, you can literally see where her her layering meets the extension. It's almost, to me, in certain lights, it's like the color is off, too. Where, like, there's more red in the bottom part of her hair, and it's more, like, neutral brown on the top. And it just kills me the entire time because it takes me right out of it. I'm like, that's Kristen Stewart with extensions. Look at that. It's one of the things that I didn't notice until you mentioned it, and then I couldn't look away. You are welcome. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the fact it's not just about Edward and Bella, but obviously we got our eternal love triangle going on here. So Jacob Black, he is real upset over the fact that Bella and Edward are going to get married. And, And I love the fact that he finds out that they plan on having sex, which is just a weird like thing to be like, He's like, you're going to kill her. You're going to kill her if you have sex. It is so weird. It's almost like propaganda. I almost feel like it's kind of propaganda-y. Like... <laughs> I can't disagree with that. <laughs> you know? like Where the, the wolves are holding it back. He's like trying to go at Edward. Edward's like, come on, dude. I don't want to do this either. <laughs> what is the lesson to take away from that? If you have sex, you will die. You will die. And they finally (laughs) do have sex. And that is, and and the reason we keep bringing this up is I cannot stress this enough. That is a major plot point in these books. 
plural. Literally in, from like book one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it, you know what? Again, Stephanie Meyer playing to her audience. You know what we're thinking about? We're like 15, you know? <laughs> Like it's the four books slow burn. Yeah, the four. (laughs) Yes, the queen of slow burn, and so they finally do it in the water. She feels confident enough. She gets naked. She goes into the water. Okay, and they and then he's upset with himself in the morning because he because he broke the bed frame and bruised her. Oh no! Honest is not really like a vampire thing. That's kind of just like a real life thing. (laughs) Bella's on like cloud nine. She's like, this is dope. And he's like, no. He acts like he shot her with a gun. Like, realistically, that was one of the more relatable moments in the movie for me when they were vulnerable like that when he felt uncomfortable to move further with that kind of stuff, but she really wanted it and wasn't quite sure how to ask for it. I feel like it's a really real moment when it comes to relationships. And looking back on it, it's a really cool thing to include in this book. You are absolutely right. It is, and it was an interesting thing. And I almost kind of wish they had delved a little bit more into be it because I was like, that that kind of takes away from the fantasy a little bit. So now you've gotten what you wanted, you know, and you're finding that there's still this level of discomfort. And also that kind of messes with her self-esteem a little bit, right? Because imagine that, that's your first time having sex. And then it's like, oh, but I don't want to do it anymore with you. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> you know how long I would have cried as a teenager <laughs> right? if that happened? Right. He's like, I can't touch him ever again. I'm like, oh, what did I do wrong? So he vows he's not going to have sex with her again until she becomes a vampire. So he tries to distract her with, in this movie, waterfalls, apparently, not sea turtles. (laughs) (laughs) And chess. Chess. That's a very specific moment for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why that really stuck out. Um, (laughs) But, unfortunately, they already did it. So she notices the shift. And now she's and now she's pregnant. Well, actually, Alice I, calls her up. Can I tell you how offended I was that she looked in the mirror and she knew she was pregnant because she had a little bump on her stomach, <laughs> on her flat Kristen Stewart <laughs> washboard ass stomach? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me, girl? From the age of five, I did not have a flat stomach. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, that's really gas. Cool. That's gas. You just had a big taco, girl. <laughs> it's that honeymoon food. It, it, girl, just fart it out. You're okay. You're fine. It'll go away. <laughs> Up until this movie, it was like, oh, okay, this is pretty tame. I don't really know why I thought this was such an adult book while I was reading it as a teenager. And then as we get into this one, I mean, we're already talking about sex, right? But then we're also talking about pregnancy. And that is also a very adult theme. You know what I mean? And it was like the first time as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, wow, these really deal with like, you know, like very uh, like because she's like, my period is late. Oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, that is a horror movie. <laughs> like, It's your first time having sex and you're pregnant. Actually, is Stephanie Meyer following the you'll get pregnant and die kind of propaganda right there? Oh, my God. It's like when I found out the secret life of American teenager was actually like propaganda. That's what they said. Alice finds out, you know, and she lets Bella know. 
hey, by the way, you're preggers. And Edward's like, oh, my God, we got to go. And they go back yeah, home. his immediate thought is just like, kill it. Again, a very adult theme. Abortion. A very like, yeah, yeah which is like, again, kind of impressive to be able to navigate in a movie like this. So Bella becomes pregnant like that. Like her pregnancy <laughs> happens within a week and then she gets like really like nasty. And for my God, the devil works hard, but that makeup team and that fucking CGI team works harder. I, mm-hmm. that held up so well. Like I was shocked at how, grossed out I was by her. The scene that really got me, though, was when she goes to the bathroom. It's, like, later in the pregnancy, and she's clearly, like, dying, and she goes to the bathroom, Rosalie helps her with a bath, and you see, like, her... Oh, yes! arms. Oh, yeah. And Edward peeks in in the bathroom, and he sees her, and she, like, looks down because she's she's ashamed of him looking at her like that, and that's, like... That was rough. If this wasn't a fantasy, their relationship already on the rocks, dude. (laughs) They've had sex once. You made her feel guilty about it. Now she's knocked up and dying. Again, you know, when I was reading these, I always go back to how I felt reading them and like how I feel now as an adult. I was like, so if, if it came down to Edward or Jacob, I was unequivocally like Edward's side and I don't know why because now as I watch it as an adult Jacob brings up some legitimate points all the time <laughs> like where I'm like this is not feasible at all um, well I was a big Jacob fan throughout the whole book um I was always a fan when I'm growing up of like having relationships with friends because I really wanted to be with people who I knew I could hang out with um so I, as soon as Jacob was introduced to New Moon, I was just in love with him. I'm like, yes, he wants to be anything for her. Like, yeah. he's her friend that she can hang out with. And, like, Edward has a level of intimidation to him, a level that she has to, like, live up to. But when she's with Jacob, she feels like, I don't know, hanging out with your friend. So I like their relationship. But then you get to Breaking Dawn, and he's just a, he's just moping the whole movie. Like, all the, the hot list level just plummets. Wait, absolutely plummets for me. Hold on. <laughs> See, I, I always feel like with him, at least in his like attitude and stuff, he went from being her friend to being honestly an asshole because there was this expectation of like, well, I'm in love with you and you should be in love with me. Why are you not in love with me? Pick me, choose me, even though you're very, very much telling me you're in love with someone else. <laughs> like, and you've told me ten times already. And then he gets mad at her for it. No, it was an eclipse that it starts splitting. Yeah, well, New Moon was fine, but, like, it, you know what I mean? And that's where you see their friendship. But when he starts to turn it from this, like, friendship to the, I've been friends with you long enough, and now I'm in love with you, be in love with me, I, I yeah, couldn't, like I could not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some friend-zoned fights. It's, it's really funny, too, because it also, uh, I remember reading that part in Eclipse where he forces like a kiss from her you know basically because she begs him to and i thought oh my god that's so hot and and now i'm an adult and i'm like oh my god that is so toxic (laughs) 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 i'm like what the hell was wrong with me as a teenager but that's the thing is like that you know uh, when you're a teen you just 
all the red flags. Oh, yeah, it's the fantasy, though, of it, though. When you're a teenager, living that fantasy feels so good, and you're like, oh, yeah, of course, he grabbed her and scooped her up, and he kissed her, and it's so romantic. But, like, you don't think about the consequences of that and, and the implication of that because you're not thinking like an adult would think. You're a teenager. You're not supposed to think like an adult would think. You, have, you haven't been tainted by the world yet. <laughs> the, the simple fact of being wanted is enough. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's crazy to me is that Jacob is like simp nation over Bella and Leah is right there <laughs> and she is gorgeous and the only female werewolf and has got such a cool story. And like Leah, like barely comes up in this movie. I have to say Leah Clearwater is one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Yeah. And she has this huge depth to her, especially that goes into um, in this section that doesn't actually show up in the movie. They're like doing like rounds kind of around the house trying to protect them. And he has these like long, deep conversations with her in the book. And they're really, really good friends. And that never shows up in the movies. Yeah, she just kind of like appears with Seth and they do their thing. But yeah, there's not a lot of she doesn't get a lot of screen time in this movie and it's really weird because I feel like Stephanie Meyer had a knack for making these characters who I would argue are infinitely more fascinating than the main characters and yet we had to be stuck with you know like Alice came from like an insane asylum Jasper was like in the civil war Leah's like the one werewolf but no like let's stick with Bella (laughs) who just wants to screw this vampire so bad she'll kill herself over it (laughs) like Where were we in this story? She was, like, all skeletal and creepy. And she breaks her back. Oh, God, which just kills me. Oh, God. (laughs) Although, right before that is when they discover that in order to, like, feed the little thing that's inside of her, she's got to drink blood herself. And that was, like, a... I remember seeing that for the first time, and I was like, this is horrifying. It's a horrifying moment. She's sitting there drinking a blood milkshake. (laughs) The funny thing, though, is that they figure that out because Jacob, like, thinks that as, like, a yeah, he wants blood. <laughs> and Edward's like, wait, that's a good idea, though. And Jacob's like, you're a crazy person. I'm not going to give her blood. And and you know what? And it's a it's a down point for my boy Carlisle. Um, you're a doctor and a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> this was your time to shine. How did you not put that together? <laughs> like, <laughs> how many medical degrees does he have? To have at least five. <laughs> right? Like, you, you've been around since like what? The sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're gonna do a cesarean because um, I guess pushing out is not. Not a th- not an option. <laughs> Could you imagine pushing out a vampire baby? I just feel like childbirth is complicated and stressful enough, let alone having this thing that is like pulling the life force out of you, just flying out of in between your legs, just like popping into the world while you're dying. I mean, with a broken spine, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> Luckily, uh, Carlisle had his trusty chainsaw to assist from the old oh, days. Oh, no! <laughs> Thank- thanks a lot, Brooke. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, for anyone listening, fun fact, look up what chainsaws were invented. Terrible. Terrible things. Don't. Don't. Oh, my God. I got it. I'm a forensic science teacher. I was like, I hate. I just terrorized children. Yes. 
she's starting to have the baby and would you know it is dying <laughs> i'm sorry I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh but it gets so weird she is so gray and skeletal she literally looks like an alien at this point yes. <laughs> like and, and then, like rosalie goes to cut her open and is like tempted by the blood yeah all of a sudden you know like, <laughs> like edward picks up the blade he Finishes the procedure. This man is a renaissance man. He can do it all. He can give you the baby, take out the baby. (laughs) I put it in there, I'm taking it out. (laughs) He just knew immediately, like, what to do. Like, I almost kind of wondered in that moment. I was like, did Edward, like, read about cesarean? Like, because he's never sleeping, so he's just like... Actually, actually... first chapter of Midnight Sun, and it turns out he has two medical degrees. Just for funsies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, like, if you're a vampire, why not, dude? Like, Honestly, what, are you, what else are you going to do with your spare time? <laughs> That's why he's so perfect. Um, so she's in agony. She goes unconscious, which I don't blame her. I would tap out, too. That's already enough stress <laughs> going on there. And, um, and we think she's dead. And so then Edward starts biting her everywhere trying to to get her back and jacob i love jacob just immediately gives up immediately she (laughs) closes her eyes and is like he's like it's too late and like runs out into the i was like oh my god but uh yeah he like runs out into the woods he turns into a wolf and then like all the wolves think she's dead so they think the treaty's been broken because they think a vampire's killed a human right Right, and that's yeah, a whole... to like kill the baby and kill the vampire. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that the werewolves, because they seem to me like pretty inherently good, you know. So them going to be like, let's kill this baby, seems a little like intense. It seems a bit extreme. Like let's kill. I mean, the... but in their defense, it's like a new creature. They don't know how it's going to affect their area. They may have heard rumors of those crazy vampire babies, which like they don't really get into until the next movie. But, like, the vampires used to, I guess, once upon a time, like, want children so they would change a baby. But a toddler vampire is still a toddler. So, like, have tantrums and, like, murder whole towns. I would not kill that vampire child. I want it to be known. I would. I'd be like, Carlisle, I'd be like, there is another way. I would rename the child, however, if given to me. I would rename him. I want to know who looked at that in that book and went, let's keep it. Yeah, like we're gonna publish that for the whole world to see. Yeah. I mean, the other name was just as creative. It was a boy. She was gonna name it Edward Jacob. Wow. <laughs> that one. That one though. That one though. I don't know. For like the easiest and most plain to like the most horrifyingly unique and stupid. Like what is going like, like Charlie? The normal guy in the movie. Right. Protected her. And you could have named that to the girl, too. Charlie, as a girl. Yeah. What a concept. No, they had to appeal to our weird 16-year-old girl. Like, Um, I'm trying to find out. Oh, okay. All right. So in 2019, there were 142 baby girls named Renezme. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that really happened? Yeah. That Somebody, oh, no. I was wondering, like, <laughs> when did the book come out, and then what was nine months after that? <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a good point. 
the book came out, I think, in 2009. Probably 2012. Oh, earlier than that. 2008. Okay. There we go. Came out in 2008. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, God, time. <laughs> <laughs> time is scary. Ninth grade in 2008. 17 baby girls born in 2009 were given the name Renesme. So that means those 17 baby girls right now are, in fact, how old would that be? You're... 11? I would be teaching them now. Oh my god! <laughs> in 2012, <laughs> in 2012, Meyer said, "I would never name a real child Renesme." <laughs> <laughs> what a shady ass thing to do! <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> Yo, look, you've already made the book. Why would you say that? There's already 17 girls out there named that. Anyway, we got to get off this. <laughs> <laughs> the baby's name is Renesme, and the baby is born, and then, uh, but but unfortunately, Bella still looks pretty dead. Um, <laughs> it's not looking good for my girl Bella. <laughs> so we got to we got to do what we got to do, and now is the time. And she becomes a vampire, and it ends in the coolest way ever, with her opening up her eyes, and it's red. And I'm like, I can't imagine having to wait, cause like. Even after reading the book, I was like, oh, but I'm more excited to know, you know, like (laughs) how this is going to be portrayed. Cinematic masterpiece of like her changing. Like, this is a really good job throughout this movie because a lot of it was internal struggles between characters. Um, And they actually did a really good job with the cinematography, like showing that so that even if you didn't read the book, you knew it was going on. Yeah, absolutely. I would like again, like it's funny to say that I would say the least happens in this movie objectively with the plot, but the it's the most interesting to watch and it's the most beautiful to watch. Like there were shots that were happening that I was like, "Oh, oh, so wait, you actually know what you're doing." Like <laughs> I was like, "This is this is well, really you know, they finally got rid of the the blue sheen." Oh, yeah. god, the blue sheen. <laughs> What was there? There, were, there was a couple moments. Oh, well, it was during the dream sequences where I was like, I was really engaged and, and just the way that uh, things would, would melt away. I mean, it was just really, like, beautifully shot. Like, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, who the hell was in charge of that? Because, like, directed by Bill Condon, and apparently he did the second one as well, which, thank God, can you imagine if they were like, and let's change it up again, like, how different <laughs> it would Consistencies. He received an academy... I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact that it was breaking dawn, and, like, when the sun comes up, it's warmer, and, like, new moon and eclipse, like, those are all nighttime things, so having that bluer wow. filter over those, I don't know. Directorial choices... You trying to get deep, girl? <laughs> we have like a degree or something? Uh, you know, maybe I kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> Another thing, though, with the cinematic masterpiece, of speaking of, um, was the um, Renesme. So the baby is downstairs with Rosalie, and Jacob decides that he wants to kill the baby to like avenge Bella or something. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna straight up murder a baby," and walks in the house. And he hooks the baby, and he imprints on her. And the way that they show this is, like, they have a cinematic view of, like, the rest of this baby's life, like, growing up and, like, him being her friend, like, being, like, a like a family friend figure and then, like, a friend to her and then, like, being romantically involved in her, which is, like, 
creepy in its own way, but at the same time as a teenager, it's like, oh, amazing, he'll just be whatever she needs him to be. Um, but he imprints on her, and that's like the most true werewolf or something, so that no, no one can kill her because he imprinted on her, and that's how they saved the baby in the end. Yeah, oh my god, how could I have skipped over that? I forgot that that was what happened. It's, it's actually kind of fascinating because, again, when I read that in the book, I, again, I just like Renezme, the name, I was taken out of it, and I was like, all right, we're getting a little... We're getting a little yep. too funky for my taste here. I don't uh, I don't know what the hell this is about. But in the movie, the way that it's shown, showing her as an adult, like later on, I was like, okay, still a very creepy concept. And still, if Meyer came to me as her editor and was like, I'm thinking of doing this, I'd be like, I'm going to strongly advise you not to do that. <laughs> um, but if we have to go this route, I mean, the way that that was shot, yeah, I would agree. And it also was able to convey it to someone like uh, Christina. <laughs> I literally hate you. I want you to know that. <laughs> She's like, is this movie about vampires? I'm telling you, I'm telling you the next time I see you. <laughs> you got to bring your flip flop. <laughs> rotten. She's rotten. I'm going to smack her around with it. Just a little bit. Apparently, and I will admit this, I did not see the post credit scene. Like, man, you want to talk about being ahead of the time with Marvel. Um, they had a post credit scene, and <laughs> it's Arrow and Marcus and Kai, my boy Caius. And um, <laughs> I just like Jamie Campbell Bauer. I, like, literally have no... <laughs> I have no stock. Five seconds. Yeah. yeah, I have no stock in this character. I just like him. <laughs> and uh, they receive a letter from Carlisle, which fascinating concept, right? Like, does that get offered in Hallmark? Like, you know, where you get like arrival of a baby, and it's like <laughs> he like scratches it out, vampire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we have a new vampire. <laughs> so, um, and that kind of like. You know, he Arrow's telling the other brothers, he's like, yeah, we about to get these Cullens. They now have what we want. <laughs> that just kind of adds to it. But it's funny because this story doesn't really rely so much on the villains. Like, they're interesting, they're fine, but they're really not, like, the big... The villain is Bella's own self-esteem. That's the real villain here. <laughs> and isn't that all of our real villains? <laughs> like, <laughs> No truer words have ever been spoken. <laughs> you know, catering to 16-year-old girls. She, she got it to a T. Writing too. <laughs> she knew, man. I mean, and that is something I will say to the credit, like, honestly, in all seriousness of this story, uh, is the fact that there there isn't a lot of main characters. There isn't this, like, you know, you take someone like J.K. Rowling, which, mm -hmm, okay, we're talking about Harry Potter here. Harry Potter, fantastic story, but all relied very much so on these villains. The villains are also just as interesting and, like, they are... They are main characters in and of themselves. This story, not so much. Like, it's really all about Bella and, and Edward's relationship. And everyone else is kind of like side interests. But to keep our attention for this long is like, that's pretty notable, you know? Yeah. I've definitely, like, I've read supposedly better books that um, have more fillery characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just, she kept our interest going. 
And <laughs> even after we supposedly are supposed to get this happy ending with marriage, she still keeps the story going, which is like notable in and of itself. She could have just been like, and they got married and everything was great. And he turned into her vampire and done, you know, but to add the pregnancy <laughs> and the weirdness with that and the nuances of like having sex for the first time and feeling uncomfortable about it and, you know, still dealing with the love triangle and then it, it, there's there's layers. It's emotionally more rich as the story goes on. I mean, I really, when I think about this particular movie, I just wish that they didn't have a grown-ass man imprinting on a baby. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. It's fantasy. So, you know, <laughs> like, I guess do what you want, but that's about it. <laughs> if you want to talk about, like, like weird things like that, <laughs> interview with the vampires here, like... Well, I mean, yes, uh, I have a very large problem with that as well. But the fact that we're continuing to perpetuate this is disturbing to me. <laughs> Why is this a thing that keeps coming up? Yeah, uh, it's it's funny because you should say that that because I was going to say as much as I am simultaneously an interview with the vampire Stan, I can also recognize upon reading the book. I was like, there are far too many young children in this book and I don't like it and I don't want it. I don't need it in my good Christian vampire movie. I don't want it. <laughs> I have no interest in this. <laughs> On that note, this is the very last thing I want to say is the one thing that I really, really love about the casting of Twilight is that um, a big part of the werewolf culture was that it stems from Native American origins. And I was so, so thrilled at the time, and I'm still so thrilled looking back, that they cast actual Native American actors to portray these roles. Yeah. And they stay true to that as they move forward in the movie. Like, Leah Clearwater has gorgeous gorgeous bone structure and you could tell right away like what her ethnicity is and they're unashamed about it you know um and i was just really happy for that representation that it still holds today they didn't try to skimp on it ever mm -hmm. Yeah, and how many how many movies can you say that made that got to this scale, this level of pop culture that featured Native American actors? You know what I mean? Like this is you want to talk about putting them on a massive stage, like you know. So, I think that is worth noting. I'm glad you brought that up. I guess that pretty much ends it for Breaking Dawn Part One. I mean, I I might I might have you guys come back on if you're cool with it because I still have yet to see Breaking Dawn Part Two. Um, I I want to know, and there is a scene in this. That literally changed the game and was so different than the book that I was like, wait a minute, did they change everything? Like, oh, I have, it's like. I was a shook 16 year old. Yes, yes. So we will get into Breaking Dawn part two soon. I'm, I have lots of feelings on that one too, but thank you guys for joining me on this.